0: thank you lord i've been praying the last couple days and i just seeking the lord and i said lord we we may get into service wednesday night and just have another holy good we we need to press in deeper on what god's doing the river of god is flowing we don't have to seek god and we've been seeking god and crying out i've i've been crying out that god with send revival here's one thing i want to say and i and he told me explicitly. he said i have some things that i want you to connect the dots for the people of god tonight i want you to give an encouragement to the people of god tonight i want you to to get up and to begin to just share your heart about what god is already doing what god is beginning to do and how many know and understand that the church has been in a backslidden position for a long time it's been backslidden. So when, when God begins to move on the earth, and I, I think maybe perhaps and people maybe mistakenly are just kind of thinking, let me tell you how I'm putting the pieces together of, of where we are as a church and where I feel like God is taking us as a church is really what I want to talk about tonight. And uh, it won't be super long, but I want to set the stage for what I see God beginning to do. And I want to invite our whole congregation not to stay in the crowd but to begin to move closer to Jesus than you've ever been before in your life. Because when God stands at the door and knock, the context of that scripture and revelation is not... We use it in evangelism, and I think it's okay to do that. But really, the context is he's knocking on the door of the church because the door has been shut. And I think sometimes we can continue on service after service and day after day in our normal busy lives... And we can look up at sometimes and think, man, I've left my first love. I've left that just simple devotion to God. And and we I've cried out one thing that people may be a little bit mistaken, even just what God did on Sunday, I knew that God was going to move in this house Sunday in a very profound way. And I believe that the majority of our congregation saw what God was doing and heard the encouragement from me and said, Come on, let's let's get let's get in this that God is pouring out. And I'm going to continue to encourage that because I'm not going to be happy as a pastor until everybody gets into the upper room and gets filled with God's spirit. Because when that happens, we're going to see a community changed. And God is answering what he is doing in this season. And let me go back and, and explain to me, explain to you guys what happened to me just in a personal way on Saturday. I had a wedding Saturday afternoon. I'd already finished my sermon. I knew the direction I was going to continue with our family series and uh, talk about families and some different things. Leah wasn't here. I was actually going to talk about marriage this past Sunday, and she went out of town, so I saved that for this coming Sunday. I was done with that, but I was in here very early in the morning. Probably got here seven, seven thirty-ish, and I was just praying. And I was finishing my sermon for the wedding ceremony I had that afternoon. I had just gotten some stuff back from the young couple that was getting married that I wanted to add and just sitting there at my desk and I'd spend maybe an hour, hour and a half at that point. Most of my time that early in the morning is sipping coffee. Amen, somebody. Just just coffee and Jesus before I ever deal with anything else. I know a lot of you guys are like me. I need both of those things very heavily. So I finished my coffee and and finished a few things and my music player on my computer, I hit a button somehow and it popped up unexpectedly. And when I looked at it, I looked at a song in there that I hadn't listened to in years. I thought, well, Lord, I'll just put this on and spend a little bit of time in your presence and worshiping. And like many of you, when you spend time just devotionally and just worshiping God and just spending time, you just God, come bless me. You love it when he just moves into the room. Well, he did more than move in the room. He, in a very profound, profound way, fell in my office door. I couldn't even stand up in there anymore. And the tears began to flow, the tears of repentance of just even me leaving my first love in some areas, tears of repentance of, of just the time that I know that I should be pressing in when you just kind of choose to do other things. And, and that's what revival does. When God falls, he first wants a response of repentance from his church. That's what revival is. Revival, I believe with all my heart, is is it's first and foremost repenting from dead works, so that we can lay hold of the new life that God is pouring out. And I I, I, I even had this other things to do. God, had, you know, was was downloading in me, speaking to me, showing me, putting pieces of a puzzle for the last probably two or three years of different words. That He had spoken to me, and I keep track of those on my phone, and others were in text messages from my pastor in Louisiana. He texted me maybe a couple months ago, and they were in prayer meeting at their church on a Monday night like we are. And uh, he texted me the next day, and he said, I don't know what God's getting ready to do there, but it's going to be powerful. It's going to be very powerful. And that was encouraging coming from him because he said they had God fall in their church that night praying for us here and I began to look back in, in November of 2020, I was right down here on the river, I went down there for lunch because one of the restaurants down there has taco pizza on Tuesday, and I love taco pizza, I love everything about tacos, and uh, nothing spirit-led about that, it was all flesh of wanting some taco pizza, so I'm sitting there by the river and and really began to sense the presence of God where I was sitting, and, and it was a, a, a cloudy day, but there wasn't really any wind, and literally this just... Gust of wind, what I thought, pretty much came out of nowhere and blew some things around. It was just very unexpected, and it lasted for about five seconds, and then it went away. And the Holy Spirit just immediately said, there is a wind of my spirit that's going to begin to blow. And that is blowing, not it's going to blow off the dead and dry, and it's going to bring new life to my people and my body. And it was around that same time in November, and maybe it was October, I think it was mid-October, so within the same few weeks... The same encounter in my truck. It, God, when he pours out on me, and I won't speak for you, it's, it's usually at the most inconvenient times. Because I was driving down in Brooksville, and God showed up in my truck. And to the point where I was weeping so hard, I couldn't hardly see. And whenever God's moving like that, I put my foot on the gas pedal. And I realized that there's a police officer sitting up here. And I was going 62 in a 45. And I thought, Lord, how am I going to explain this? Poor crying and your presence. And this is what he spoke to me. He said, I have not forsaken my people. I will never forsake my people. I am getting ready to move in power. Now that's that's through two two years and a couple months ago. And there can be those times. I don't know about you, but when God downloads something, I'm expecting to see the manifestation of it just the next day. Amen. Amen. I'm expecting just, oh God, if you did this on this Sunday, we're just gonna have a And God always prepares before he fills. He always does. We have been in a season of God beginning to move. And God, we've seen, I mean, when you baptize 18, 19 people, God's moving. God is pouring out. And here's what I want to encourage you. The reason I'm telling you all this is I knew that I knew that I knew that I knew from the encounter I had on Saturday. Which when I left here, I had to run and pick up some food for my son. He wasn't feeling well that day. So he wanted pancakes. So... I've ordered him pancakes, they weren't ready, and I have giant black circles under my eyes and tears still coming down my face. And I thought to myself, I hope I don't see anybody. And sure enough when I was in the restaurant, nobody in there, the 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 waitresses know me. They call me Father Jason. I don't know why. I don't. First time she said that, I spit out my coffee and I'm like, I'm not a padre. I'm a pastor. And she still calls me. And she, when she handed me that bag, she said, "See you later, uh, Father Jason." And I just laughed at her and walked out. As soon as I got out the door, Jason Hanks and it was a family from the church walking right up to the door, and I'm like, oh. And and but listen, I got home and I thought, okay, Lord. I had that. I'm going to go back and I'm going to, you know, find out what you want to say in church tomorrow and I have this wedding. I went home to get ready and put my suit on and my tie. And I'm there at the house and I went over up to the uh, sink and I was washing a couple things. I put my son's food out and God came in my house yes. to the point where I was doubled over in the kitchen and I couldn't. And my son was like, Dad, are you having a heart attack or, you know, are you okay? And God was able to stand up, and I said, I'm more than okay, it's the Spirit of God. Come here, I'm going to prophesy over you. And I grabbed him up, I hugged him around his neck, and I began to prophesy the word of the Lord over him. I began to declare the word of the Lord over him. So my point in saying that is when I walked in here on Sunday morning, I had the biggest smile on my face the entire time before service, because I knew that I knew that God was getting ready to descend in this room, and it was tangible. What God brought to us Sunday and poured out was a tangible presence of God. And here's my point. He's just getting started. He's just, for, for everybody that wants to begin to move into what God is doing, there is an open invitation of the Holy Spirit. There is, I know he renewed people's first love Sunday, people were healed Sunday, people had dep- depression broken off of them Sunday after testimony, after testimony, after testimony, after testimony. But I also realize this as I've pastored, you know, in some form or fashion and been in full-time ministry for 20 years coming up in April, um, being on staff at a church, being on the mission field, being given the privilege of being able to visit a lot of other churches around the world, being having the honor of ministering in those churches, many of them. And I do know this, that there's always an element where people stay in the crowd. There was a large crowd that that followed Jesus, right? A huge crowd. But there were some that began to move ever closer into his heart. Ever closer into what I call that bullseye of intimacy with him. And that's what the Holy Spirit's offering right now. He's offering intimacy. He's offering a fresh fire. He's offering a fresh love. And when I say put the pieces of the puzzle together... What I'm really talking about is when I came here and knew that this church, one, it needed to be revitalized and there's a lot of things that needed to be set in order. I really believe that those things have been set in order in a spiritual way and in a practical way. And God always forms something before he fills it. So the forming has been done and God's ready to begin to pour out on the churches of Citrus County. I was sitting, and this was unexpected, too. I just got the invitation yesterday afternoon. I was down um, at Crump's with some minister friends of ours that were in town from Virginia. They were in Tampa Bay, and they called several of us up here in the area that they're affiliated with through family connections and uh, invited us down. And we were just sitting around the table, and we began to talk about what God is beginning to do. And everybody at the table had tears streaming down their face. And one pastor began to share about what God had even done this morning and, and, and the prayer meeting that they were having and the encounter he had with the Holy Spirit. He told me about a pastor that called him from another. God is priming his church for what he is doing. And I'm just telling you from the heart of your pastor to the people of God here, I am not going to miss God moving. I'm, I'm not going to miss it. I, I That's what I said to the Lord that day. I, I said, Lord, I... <laughs> And my wife's the same way. I said, you know, we, we have to there's, – there's places in the Bible, y'all. There are places in the Bible where it says, and he would have passed by, especially in particular when he's walking. He sends them to the other side, and they're rowing and, and trying to get from one side of the lake to the other. And Jesus then comes walking, he stays back, and then he sees them struggling, and it says, and he would have passed by. The imperative there in the actual original language was, he was going to keep going. There was nothing going to stop him from going and walking across the water until they cried out. So when I came here, I told you, this congregation, I said, the main focus that we are going to have as a church is prayer. This is a season to cry out to God in prayer, so what does that mean in a practical way we 're going to have more prayer meetings, not less we 're going to have more opportunities for us to come together and to pray and to press in and to begin to to worship and pray and the marriage of that is a beautiful thing that god I was talking to uh, one of the pastors down there this afternoon and and he began to, to speak, and I said, you're right on the money. He says, he will reestablish the tabernacle of David. Tabernacle of David was one of worship, amen? <laughs> one of seeking God. So the things may begin to shift and change. And the, the other next more, most important thing I think we can do as a church in this season is we need to remember our Pentecostal roots, amen. okay? We need to remember our Pentecostal roots. When I came here, I sat around a table with my pastor and I was praying about whether this is where God was bringing me and my family. It was a tough time to move my family. My son was moving into the sixth grade. My daughter was younger, so we weren't as concerned about her. We knew it would be a really tough adjustment. So, those are heavy things that, that, that land on the heart of a father when you're uprooting your, your wife who grew up somewhere and, of course, been on the mission field and been away from her family. But in some form or fashion, she had always been there locally, connected with her family. So, I knew it would be a a pretty large uprooting, and it would take the very will of God and being sure that I was stepping out on the will of God. So, of course, I was praying, and the church here was praying, and my pastor, I sat down with him, and I think we had finished lunch, and everybody else walked out, and I began to just ask him, you know, what's your feel on this? He said, well, I'll tell you one thing. He said, and this is very important. And it, and it, it wasn't what I was expecting him to say. He said, you need to find out what the DNA of that church is. And I'm, I said, okay, I said, the DNA said, let me give you this example. He said, if unfortunately a baby's born and the parents both die in a car accident three months later and they get adopted by a foster family or somebody who's not blood relative to them, that child will grow up in that home, but that child will look like the parents and they will talk like the parents and there will be even physical things that will be like the parents that will manifest throughout its, its growth. Because that is why it was born and who it was born through. So as I began to investigate that about this church, I, and, and I'm telling you, God is just tying all these things together. The encounter I had with him on Saturday, the wedding that we had here on Saturday afternoon where I just, I mean, I'm like, God is getting ready to come get his bride. And he's not coming back. I've told you guys this for six years. And I'm not going to stand up here behind God's pulpit, preaching God's word, and tell you that there hadn't been many doubts and many times in in the last, especially two or three years, that I said, God, I must have missed studying your word and hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit. Because there's either one or two trains of thought concerning the church. We are just barely hanging on and getting so beaten up by the devil. I feel the Holy Ghost moving in this room. So beaten up by the devil that the church is cowering and it's hiding and it's it's defeated or what I've told you for six years is God is coming back for a victorious church, a church on fire and a church without spot or wrinkle that knows his fiery love. And listen to me, if you see what God's beginning to do, I've studied this deeply, too, and it never made a whole lot of sense. But but wells of revival are very important to God. They are. There's wells of revival that have been dug by people in the generations past, including right here in Homosassa, because the DNA of this church was a sovereign, supernatural... Outpouring of the Holy Spirit that brought this community into a place of spirit-filled Pentecostal relationship with him. And when you hear Pentecostal, don't think of a uh, denomination. Think of an experience with God, an encounter with the Holy Ghost that just absolutely fills you to overflowing. That's what I'm talking about. And there are wells of revival and it is not an accident. If you don't know about this, let me just give you 10 seconds of what God is beginning to do he opened the well of revival in wilmore kentucky at a place called asbury seminary and i have deeply i've always wondered because if you look at pentecostal charismatic movement it, it's not something that's ancient it's actually something that's within the last 120 years or so because in nine, the early 1900s 1903 4 5 and 6 there was a outpouring of the Holy Spirit at Azusa Street in Los Angeles. And listen, all those people that got touched by the Holy Spirit and filled with the Holy Spirit, they just began to fan and, and, and go out throughout this country. And they would set up a little tent meeting or get out in an open field. And the hungry people would come. They would repent, get delivered of their alcoholism, get delivered of their meanness, and get delivered of all these things. And they would get filled with the Holy Spirit. And then we began to go across this country preaching the gospel. And, and the wells of revival were springing up. My church I came from in, in Walker, Louisiana. That's how it started. Uh, evangelists filled with the Spirit came into Walker, Louisiana. There was no expression of, of Spirit-filled church or belief in that little area. He set up in a field. And there were hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people that continually came. And they got touched by God and saved and delivered. And, and a church sprang up. So as I talk about the DNA of the church and getting back to our Pentecostal roots, understand. And and I want to tie this in with a word that I was given uh, Monday night that came forth and was given to this person at the prayer meeting we had on Sunday night to end our fast. And this person shared with me, and I want to make sure I get it somewhat right. It's more the gist of it than the exact details. But God, and I'm looking at some people that have generations that have gone on before you. And as we were praying that night, he saw the great cloud of witnesses and the generation standing behind the people and, and urging us forward and praying and believing that God is going to unstop the well of revival that God sprung up in this area. And that is what he's doing right now. He is unstopping the wells of revival. He is, he, he's, because what does the enemy do? We're going to look in Genesis 26 tonight, so go ahead and turn there. What God is doing is reminding us of our roots, because our roots here at Christian Center are very important, very important. That if we, if we want to know what God is doing and he's going to do in the future, I think one of the easiest things we can do is turn around and look at what he's done in the past. And as we look at that and we study that tonight, I have a simple word for you personally and for this church is that when God wants to unstop a well of revival, it's going to take his people to dig in and to redig some of those wells. Amen? So some of you have had powerful encounters with the Lord. Some of you have uh, have, have walked in the fullness of the Spirit of God and, and had gifts given to you and gifts stirred up. And uh, did I tell you Genesis 26? Yeah, that's the right place, right place. The other thing that I thought to say, and I just glanced down here at my notes, is not only prayer, not only getting back to our Pentecostal roots, also getting back to, and I want to be careful because, again, I said this, I think, last Sunday or Sunday, probably Sunday before, if anybody knows anything about me as a pastor, I will chase legalism out of this church. I I will run it out. But that does not mean that God does not call us to a place of holiness. Are you hearing me? That God, one thing that strikes me at Asbury, which I have connections to through past generations, my grandfather was a Wesleyan minister for 43 years. And I've done a lot of study of what the roots of Pentecostal charismatic faith are. And I came to discover that the move of the Holy Spirit, you know, at the turn of the century on up through the day we're living in, has Methodist Wesleyan roots. That may surprise you, but it does. What is the common denominator in that, in that fellowship or that stream that God birthed is holiness unto the Lord. If you see any pictures of the revival that's going on still this day, seven days, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, seven days later. And I want to say this to everybody here. What the Lord has told me is he's not looking to replicate anything he's done before. There's an expression of the Holy Spirit in our community that He wants to birth. I'm not looking at anything else. I'm just saying that when you cry out for something for decades or even for the last several years as we've humbled ourselves before God and we've sought his face and we've cried out to him and we have as a church body I know here have repented and turned from our wicked ways. And there comes a decision by God whether he looks upon the wickedness of a country and do not think that the United States of America has not gotten wicked. Oh my. So God looks and he says he is either going to pour out judgment or he's going to pour out mercy. And we've cried out and I've been sitting wondering, God, you may decide to say this, this, this wickedness is just too much. I really believe that as you're seeing these signs of revival on college campuses, it struck me the other day. And listen to me for just a second. It struck me the other day, and I told Leah, I said, look, look, at, the, look at who's there. And, of course, it was a cross-section of older people and middle-aged people. But the majority of this started with college students. And I looked at Leah, and I told her, I said, you know what? This generation, say 30 to 35 and under, have never experienced a move of God. They've never experienced it. My kids are asking questions. Holland was asking questions to Leah tonight. She's like, well, what do you, what do you mean by it? god moving. What do you mean by, you know, revival? And trying to explain those things and it's really unexplainable. It's one of the things you have to experience. You have to put yourself in, but as well as god has looked down and said, "You know what? I'm going to unstop these wells." Because the the revival that happened in 1970 at Asbury Seminary up there, the revival that happened in 1970, the 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 repercussions of that, the 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 waves of that move of god we are still experiencing today because it started a, a wonderful beautiful movement of god throughout the whole entire country and i just want to say tonight lord do it again oh, amen. god as you're moving i want to pray right now god as you're moving don't pass us by god we are here and we are hungry for more of you We are hungry for your presence, God. We are hungry for the moving of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we're hungry to hear your voice like never before because, God, we say as a body and a church, we will obey what you say, God. We will be obedient not only to our roots, but we'll be obedient to listening and obeying and following the voice of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, God... Take charge of your church once again all over the world, but especially in this country. God, I pray we would rise up with holy boldness that as the church comes away from compromise and into a place of turning our backs on the things of the world, that, God, you would hear from heaven and you would heal this land, God. You would heal Homosassa. You would heal Citrus County, Father. God, we're just here saying, God, don't pass us by, but we will be obedient to follow you. And everything you say and you do in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. I believe the word of the Lord for everybody here in this church in general is this. Every need you have and every burden you bear, it's not going to be met by something on the outside. It's going to be met by someone on the inside. Because the revival that God is now birthing and breaking out in isn't something that he needs to send down. It's something he has already sent 2,000 years ago in the person of Jesus Christ. Because Jesus said very plainly, it is finished. And when you come into a place of faith and you come into a place of agreement with God and he fills you with the spirit. In other words, when we come together, you need to come with a level of expectancy of what God desires to do. Amen. 2 Peter 1, three says, his divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. The good news is it's already in you. The difficult, perhaps, news is, is this. There's work to do to get it out of you. <laughs> Amen? Amen. There's some work to do in order to get what God has already placed in you. Out of you, Because we all come to those those times where we evaluate our lives, much like I did Saturday. And I just had a simple thought when God was moving in my heart and my life so powerfully on Saturday. Was that God, the principle is that the anointing flows down. Uh, Psalm 127, I think it is. It says how good and how pleasant it is for the brethren to dwell together in unity. It's like the anointing oil that flows down first onto the head, onto the beard, and then onto the garment. So there's a spiritual principle, I think, that applies there, that I knew if God was doing this in me, then he was going to flow down. And those who were seeking and those who were were pressing in were going to experience a move of, of God. And the reason I say there's work to do is because the scripture we're getting ready to le- to read is that there was an ancient well of pure water that refreshed Abraham and refreshed his flocks and refreshed his family. And at some point in there, the enemy had come along and stopped up the wells. And we can come to places in our life where even unbeknownst to us the well of God's moving and the well of God's spirit begins to be stopped up. And I'm telling you, I'm going to be a spiritual ditch digger. And if you're part of this church, I'm just warning you, I am not going to let you sit idly by on your hands while God passes by right in front of you. You will either get tired of me cajoling and pressing and moving and... I'll kick you if I have to, y'all. I'll do it. I'll do it. But you are going to get into the presence of God. You're going to do it. Because he is moving and we are not going to miss the move. Not at this church. And Leah and I are both in agreement because I said, Leah, you know, God, God moves where the wind blows where it, where it wills and it comes where it wills. But I'm, I'm, I'm telling you just all the dots I've connected over, over my life. All the dots. All the stuff that I've walked through. Even the, the, the things that I walked through over 2022 that almost took your pastor out, almost completely took him out. I knew that on the other side of that great battle was a move of the Holy Spirit. I knew it. That's the only thing that kept me going. It's the only thing that kept me going in the garbage dumps of Mexico City. It's the only thing that keeps you going in life at different times is God has more and he has an outpouring that we will stand back and be amazed and I'm not talking about replicating anything. I'm talking about all of us making a decision that we are not going to have a well of stopped up, dry, muddy, run over the ground well water. We are going to have rivers of living water flowing in your life, in your family, in this church. And then God is beginning to pour out and move. But we have to take steps to step into it. And that's what I want to talk about. Look at Genesis 26 starting in verse 17. Thank you, Lord. Genesis twenty-six, seventeen. Then Isaac departed from there and pitched his tent in the valley of Gerar and dwelt there. And Isaac dug again the wells of water which they had dug in the days of Abraham his father. For the Philistines had stopped them up after the death of Abraham. He called them by the names which his father had called them. Father, for these next few minutes, as I encourage the people's hearts... I know you're here, and I know you are flowing through me. I know it. So, God, I pray anything said of me would fall by the wayside. Anything said under the anointing of your Holy Spirit, God, would recharge us tonight, would remove anything the enemy has stopped up the well with. God, supernaturally, let there be a removal of any blockage, God, in our lives and in our hearts. Father, tonight we give you all the praise and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. This story shows us how... There's a spiritual understanding of what we walk in in the New Testament as New Testament believers. And the spiritual understanding is simple, and I think most everybody in here will kind of get it by virtue of just having walked with the Lord for a long time. But it's simply this, the things that God is flowing in our lives and maybe one season in our life, if we're not careful, the enemy's going to come along and stop it up. He's going to come and and put things in it that the flow has begun to be removed. So just as there are natural wells that they're talking about here in genesis 28 i'm talking about a spiritual well that should be flowing in our lives and if it's not then it's time to evaluate where you are and where you want to be that's a question i'm going to be asking the the church as a whole over these next few weeks is where are you and where do you want to be where are we as a church god is moving god is saving people i looked around this this building on sunday and I just I gave all honor and praise to God because I got here six years ago, and that we're, it's a new church, amen? amen. God is moving in this church, and I'm not saying that he's not I'm saying that I want us all to get into that river that He has, but their enemies had come along and they'd stopped up those wells They'd filled them with dirt and covered them over. And what I believe God is doing in this season right now is calling us to redig some of those ancient wells. He's already doing it. One thing about this revival in Kentucky that you may not know even I tracked it down because I know God well enough. I said, somebody up there was seeking you, Lord. Somebody was paying a price because I'll tell you, revival doesn't come without a price. The moving of God's spirit doesn't come without us laying something of our own self down. And in the future, you need to remember that if we want to see God really move, it's going to take us laying our own life down to see what he wants to do. And what I found out is there was a group of 20 students. And what they were concerned about is the same thing that I get concerned about every time I drop my kids off at the school up here. Because I see these kids walk in front of my car. I see them walking into the school. I see the demons that are oppressing them. I see the depression. I see the, the, the confusion about their gender and all the things that are going on. And it breaks this pastor's heart. And there's a group of 20 students that they said this because they were, the faculty has said this in the revival. They said things were getting pretty bleak and dark around here because we've had kids come in that say they're getting ready to, uh, that that they want to commit suicide. And we have kids come in with mental problems. We've had kids come in with this issue and that, things that we've never dealt with. And I've been a faculty member here for 40, 50 years. In the last few years, there's a real genuine attack on this generation. So there was a group of, from what I understand, 20 students that got together and met at the place where revival broke out last Wednesday. They met at 6 a.m., and they met every single morning at 6 a.m., and they prayed a simple prayer, God, revive us like you did in 1970. There was a well. God burst it forth at Asbury in 1970. The enemy came along, and as he always does, he infiltrated and he stopped up the well. And it took a group of these 20, say, 19, 20-year-old kids that have, they've never experienced a genuine. And, and when I talk about a move of God, it's one of those things where you are going to experience it. And on the other end of it, you're going to look back at me and say, oh, I get what you mean now. It is undeniable. It is incredible. It is something so profound that I have had the blessing to be a part of for a multiple period of years in the late 90s and early 2000s right there in Brownsville in Pensacola, Florida. And I'm telling you, when you say we want revival, be very careful what you ask for. I have been very, when you say, God, I want you to redig this well that you sprung up in the twenties here, right here in Homosassa and planted this church. That's the DNA of this church. That is who we are. That, those are our roots. If we get a word that, that, that God has allowed the great cloud of witnesses that have gone on from this church before us are cheering us on and, and exhorting us to carry the football, so to speak, across the goal line because church, Jesus is coming back soon. And he's coming back without with, for a bride without spot or wrinkle, the washing of his word. So when I talk about that, I've been in some places where when you cry out for that, you, you, you think that the presence of God just comes to pat you on the head. When he comes, there are times when I wanted, I was, I, God would come in such a profound way that many of us as students would get underneath the pews because it was so holy and so powerful. And so incredible. I wanted to just cut a little. It was orange carpet. I just wanted to cut a little place in the carpet and crawl up underneath it because the fear of the Lord. And when I say fear, I'm not talking about scared of God. I'm talking about the all God. God is releasing the reverence and all back into his church, and it takes a powerful present in this day and age to bring that back in. And I've experienced, so that well that he's digging, we can find sometimes in our life that we just forget some very simple principles because the enemy is going to try to cover up the well. So what does it say Isaac did that I want to encourage our hearts here tonight of this? Number one, it says he remembered. Everybody say remembered. At times, the best thing you can do is just simply remember, everybody close your eyes for a second. Let's just do that. Remember and think back. To the time that Jesus was your first love. Jesus was your everything. Holy Spirit flow. I mean, you, you couldn't wait to get up and greet him. You couldn't wait to spend time in his presence worshiping. You couldn't wait to get into his word because it was like life to your soul and to your spirit. Think of that time. Sometimes it's good just to stop. Sometimes church, look back this way and just remember. That's what Isaac did. He just he remembered that, wait, my father had a well. Some of you folks have been walking this a long time. I want you to remember some of those people that have gone on before you. I want you to remember what God sprung up in this place because that is what he's wanting to do. That's where he's going. But let me ask you this. When we say that, that we feel far from God, I want to remind you, who moved? It wasn't him. It was not him. we move away and and look it's life it's busyness it's all the things that we get caught up in but revelation 2 5 tells us very plainly remember the height from which you were fallen so it's good to remember the journey of digging your well in your life out from the enemy's junk is just to remember and secondly and i'm going to move quickly it says he searched everybody say searched So once, look, once they remembered the wells, Isaac remembered, and it's good to remember, it's good to remember that place where you were intimate with God. And I'll say this, if you say, well, that's never been a part of my life. God wants it to be a part of your life. God wants to be your priority. God wants to be the center, as I've been preaching these last few weeks, the very center of your family, the very center of your life, the very center of everything we say and we do. But the searching just simply means then there begins to be an effort To move towards God when you remember that maybe you've gotten far away from him. Simple word, but it bears out in the scriptures. Isaiah 55, 6 says, seek the Lord while he may be found. Psalm 27, 8. My heart says of you, seek his face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. So the path we should be on right now is seeking him above anything else. Listen, we often think that God's presence and God's power and God's glory just happens to come. And just like the story I just told you about Asbury, you could look at that and say, well, God blow, God just comes where he was." I'm telling you, God always works in conjunction with his people. So if we are not crying out for what we know God already wants to do, you could, you could take the book of Acts right there at the opening of it when Jesus said, hey, go and tarry in the upper room until I pour out my spirit. You could have said, well, God was going to do that anyway. Well, they were obedient to do Do what God said to do in searching, seeking, crying out, God, you said, you're going to pour out your spirit, pour it out, pour it out, pour it. So God always works in conjunction with his people. So my point is, if you want the well of revival to move in this church and you want the well of revival to move in your family and you want the well of revival to move in your life again, the first thing you got to do is get up and get moving towards where you remembered God was before. Because if you want to see revival, don't try to worry about the whole church. Worry about yourself. Because revival starts with you. It starts with you asking God to set your life on fire. It starts with you looking at the well and beginning to dig it. Because, listen, there are deep streams of water that they're hard to get to sometimes. They're hard to find. And then thirdly, it says Isaac dug. So the wells needed to be excavated. Have you ever been in a place like that in your life? Have you ever been in a place where you just... You remember where you had fallen. You remember kind of that I've drifted away from God and I'm not as close to him as I was at one time. And you set out on a search. You set out on a search to find him. And listen, here's what I know about my own life. This is where most people get stuck. This right here is where most people get stuck because they remember God, I'm far from you. They begin to seek out God. And and listen to me, when it gets hard... To dig out that well. Not if it gets hard. When it gets difficult to... Look, when revival comes, it reveals things. The fire of God will reveal things in your life. It will reveal things that are very uncomfortable to face about yourself. That's when it gets difficult. That's when it gets a little bit... But you have to continue to dig and dig and dig. Isaac was in a place where he had to decide how far he was willing to go. In my... My presentation to you as the core group of this church tonight, the movers, the shakers, the leaders, the people who, who pray and show up on Monday night and are pushing this thing forward. My, my, my exhortation to you from the Holy Spirit. And I know that I know that I know of this. How far are you willing to go? How far are you willing to go to see your family saved, to see this, to listen, to see this community change? This community is not going to change just because we want it to. It's going to take some on-fire, spirit-filled believers to begin to infiltrate all through this community right here with the fire and the presence. Look, I've told more people about Jesus in the last three or four days than I've probably told in the last three months before that. Do you know why? Because when you encounter him, you can't do anything but go out and tell him how good God is. That's one of the things the church is missing right now is we haven't encountered God, so we don't have anything to pour out. We don't have a well to share anything with anybody else because the little that we have flowing in our life, we're taking for ourselves. God says that this revival is going to bring abundance into your life again. It's going to bring a flowing of the living water that maybe got stopped up at one time in your life. But you have to set in motion that you're going to begin to dig it out. Amen? You may say you may say, "Wait, Pastor, you mean I'm going to have to forgive that person to see a revival in my life?" Yes. <laughs> you mean that I'm going to have to lay aside some of my addictions? Yes. You mean I'm not going to be able to do some of the things I did before to see God move? Yes, I'm telling you there's always something that God will require of His people. And I'm asking this church, will we lay aside our own selves and selfishness and unforgiveness and bitterness and the things that are harbored in our heart so that we can lay them down so that God can begin to move again? I say yes. You mean I may have to get up just a little bit earlier and pray? Yes. Yes. Yes, yes. Briefly, we're going to look at some of the wells that he came to. And I think there's something important for us tonight. Listen to me real clearly. Because as he began to search, he began to go back to the places where he knew that his father had had a well. And every single one of them in the Bible had been covered over by the enemy. So if you have something flowing in your life, you better protect it. You better guard it. You better get the sword of the spirit and the armor of God on. Because the enemy is going to come and try to kill, steal, and destroy. What does he want to kill, steal, and destroy? Whatever you have flowing in your life. Amen? The first place that he came to, he came to a place called the Valley of Gerar. And as I studied this, it represents a dry and arid place. Isaac had experienced the blessings of God, yet he still found himself in a dry valley, a place without nourishment. And I just asked this question, how many here today are in a place where you just feel like, man, I'm walking through a dry place? I'm walking through a dry valley. That's the first well that he came to. But if you find yourself in a dry place, you have one of two choices. You can continue to search for the next well, or you can camp out in the land of dryness. God says, quit camping out in a dry place because he has something else for you. He comes to the next place and it's called Esek. Esek represents a place of contention or strife. It literally means the, the paint or the dye of fair colors. At first glance, Esek seems to be a wonderful place because for Isaac... Is he remembered his father's wells and he came to this place of Esek, it looked like a good place, but really it was a place of strife and contention. And strife and contention can pop up in a person's life that isn't digging their well. Amen? The next place he comes to is a place called Sitna. And listen, Sitna literally means, the word there means hatred. It means, actually is one of the root words of where we get the word Satan and it speaks of a well or a place of opposition or ongoing warfare how many tonight have been experiencing opposition and ongoing warfare <laughs> yes amen certainly have but you you can decide to move from the place of contention and strife and then you turn around and you finally feel like you're in a place where where okay there's a well lord i'm going to dig it out and then you 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 have opposition and warfare begin to come against you my encouragement is that is expected because anytime god begins to move the enemy is going to move in too. we need to be prepared we need to be armed and we need to keep moving to where god wants us because the next well that he came to was a well called row of both row of both literally means a, a room or a wide place and this is the one that's dangerous This is the one that we could all sit here tonight and look and say, man, didn't God move so powerfully Sunday? Didn't I get recharged? And God, didn't he fall in this place? And didn't people get saved and baptized and people healed and all that? See, the reason this was a dangerous place, because this wasn't the well. That Abraham, his father, had dug with the purest water and the most beautiful, wide open place. It was a good place. But church, I don't want to settle for the good place. I want to get to the place God has for this body. Are you listening to me tonight? Because if he would have made a very easy decision to say, oh, I've, I've been through contention and strife. I have been through warfare and opposition. Those are the wells that he's, he's tracking through till he gets to this place. And he could have looked around because this well literally meant wide. He would have looked and said, ah, it's a wide place. I have room for my flocks and I have water flowing and I'm beginning to dig this well up. And, and what, it, what it represents to me is a church that will settle for just good instead of God. Are you hearing me? I don't want to settle for good enough. I want God. And it takes a church and it takes a people to step up and say, we're not going to settle for that. We're going to get to the place that God has for us, not just row both. This is the place that the enemy works the hardest in your life. By the way, if you make a decision and you begin to search and say, "Okay, God, I don't I'm not as close to you as what I was. And then you begin to move and then you begin to dig out the well. Then this is the place that's most dangerous because we just settle there. But God has a promise for his church, and it's a well called Sheba. Sheba, that word literally means this, and this is so important. It means a sacred oath. In Genesis 21, Abraham covenanted with Abimelech about this well and gave him seven ewe lambs in exchange for the well. I'll say this. God forbid that we ever offer to God that which cost us nothing. That's another conversation I was having down there on the river with, with, with some other ministers just talking, and we were like, you know, I think the church has just gotten into such a place of complacency that we forget that there's a there's a prize. Listen, God wants all of you. He does not want half. He does not want three quarters. He does not want a little bit. If God is not the very center and the very main thing in your life. Then you need to begin to seek and come to this well. That Listen, this was a covenant well. This is a well that when God poured out even here all those years ago, 90-some years ago, and birthed the church of Spirit-filled Pentecostal Holy Ghost Church right here in this area... He looked down and said, I've made a covenant just like he did in Wilmore, Kentucky. And the enemy came along and stopped up the well. And there were some people that came along that said, our situation is so desperate that we don't have any, any other recourse but God move in a powerful way. God come in a powerful way. Historically, it said this well is still in use to this day. This is the place where the Lord appeared to Isaac. And wherever you find the presence of the Lord... Listen, wherever you find the presence of the Lord is the place where we should pitch our tent and stay. Amen? Amen. Would you stand with me tonight? Alexis, if you come up and just begin to play there behind me, please. Here's how I wanted to end. And I, I started tonight with the end in mind and worked my way backwards. Because tonight I want us to do just that. just Just consecrate ourselves. To offer ourselves to the Lord fresh and anew. Because... Church, he is beginning to move in this country. He's beginning to pour out his spirit. And I think it's time for us, number one, to remember. If you're not as close to the Lord as what you were at one time, I think the Holy Spirit just wants to move in on you and make a fresh dedication that, Lord, I'm going to begin to search. I'm going to begin to ask you in my prayer time, Lord, what is it that's stopping up the well in my life that's flowing, that you want to move in, that you want to remove the dirt and the rocks, and maybe it's unforgiveness, maybe it's... Maybe it's laziness, church. My goodness, I think laziness has just grabbed a hold of the church in general that we think if we come in and give God an hour and a half on Sunday, we've done enough. And, and that what is coming is going to take people that are willing to lay down their own lives for the sake of others out there that don't know Him. That's what it's going to take. So Lord God, tonight, we as a church here at Christian Center, Father, we've cried out, we have turned our face towards You, we have humbled ourselves, we've repented. We have seen you move in such glorious ways. But God, we just say as a collective congregation tonight, God, we want more. We want more, Lord. We want more of your power, more of your spirit poured out. Father, tonight, as we've talked about the wells of revival, we know that this DNA of this church was a wellspring of your spirit, was a wellspring of the moving and outpouring of the Holy Ghost. And God, we just say tonight, continue to do it in our day. God, pluck up and remove anything in us, anything in this church, anything that needs to go, God. We pray that you would supernaturally begin to move upon lives and upon hearts. Father, I pray that there would be a spirit of repentance break out in this house where sinners would be attracted and drawn to this place and that God, you would arrest them and get a hold of them. And, and you would save them by your mighty right arm. Father, we pray tonight. And as I've declared before I ever felt like you were pouring out, this is the year of salvation and discipleship, Lord God, this is the year of harvest. This is the year where the, the well is, is dug up and the water of life continues to flow. But God, we know that it starts with us right here. It starts with with the people of God individually where we just lay out before you and say, God, have your way, have your way, have your way. Search us, God, and know us. See if there be any iniquity. See if there be anything in our lives and in our hearts that would block you from moving individually in our hearts where, God, as you bring the the wells, as you bring the living water flowing together, we know that from our innermost being will flow the Spirit of God. So, God, I pray for that flow in this house from each individual, that flow in the house from our families, that flow and glory in our house, in our homes, God, with our kids and our grandkids and God, that flow that we so desire, Father, we pray tonight. We ask you to unstop that well of blessing, of revival, of abundance, of glory, of healing power. God, your healing power. We're hungry, Lord God. God, I am more hungry for you than I've ever been in my entire life. I'm so hungry for the moving of your spirit. I'm so hungry to experience that glory. That glory that comes into a place and it it changes in an instant. It changes our hearts. They're no longer hard, but they're soft and pliable. God, for those who have had their ears stopped up and they no longer hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, I say now in Jesus' name, let ears be unplugged. Let tongues be loosed. I pray the fire of God would be loosed on each heart, on each life, on each person. God, I'm praying for an encounter with the risen Christ right here in Christian Center for each and every person and each and every family, God. That is what we need. We need you. And we need your holy presence. Lord, what will separate us from all the other people if you don't go with us? God, if you don't go, leave me here. If you don't go, leave me. I don't want the promised land without you. I don't want anything else without you. I just want you. And I want you to come and to change this church. That you would come with your glory. And your presence. And bring us to a new level, God. Bring us to a a wide open place, God. Bring us to the still waters and the green grass. That's it. That's it. The well that he's opening up in many of your lives. And the well that you've asked him to begin to unplug. It will be like rivers of living water. And listen, those rivers of living water that he's unplugging corporally and he's unplugging, unplugging individually. Here's what's happening. That is beginning to flow. And listen, where there was death. And where there was destruction of the enemy. God says that that river of living water that's flowing is beginning to flow from his body. It's beginning to flow from heaven. And everywhere it touches, life will come. When I thought just a minute ago of Psalm 23 and the green grass and the still waters, that grass that's going to grow to feed many people who are going to come into the kingdom for such a time as this will be watered by the people of God who lay down their lives. And say, Jesus, I want you and you alone. It will flow from his body like it's always supposed to have flowed. But God, we repent for letting busyness and letting everything else under the sun block up the flow of the Holy Ghost, God. Forgive me. Forgive me where I've blocked you, God. Forgive me where I've hindered anything. It's never been my desire, but it's only been my desire to honor you. And to honor your presence, Lord. So Holy Spirit, we kundabakshiki. We honor your presence in this house right now. We honor the precious presence of the Holy Spirit. And we ask you, Lord, for more. For more. For more. Yes, Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Shh. Church, He loves you so much. Don't you leave here with an ounce of condemnation. You leave here with encouragement that God is moving in your life mightily. There are some things that some of you have been battling for not just... You have been battling them for months. You've been battling them for years. And God declares that the day of victory has come and the day of power. My people shall be volunteers in the day of thine power. Lord, send your power and your glory so that your people can rise up as an army and we can march against the wickedness of the enemy that he has released in this country. God, God, when the enemy comes in like a flood, you raise up a standard against him. So let the standard of holiness under the Lord, let the standard God. Isaac said, Let's call the wells what our fathers called them. So, Lord God, give us boldness as the people of God to still call sin, sin, and hell hot. And God, let the fire of God fall to make a beautiful bride that cannot, we're not going out into the world to condemn the world, but God, we're going out into the world as reconcilers, Father. So, Father, birth the ministry of reconciliation, that there is a God that loves this world. But, God, we also want to be truth-tellers, so fill us with truth and fill us with love, because the truth and love is what you're bringing your body to. So, Father, tonight we ask you to undig the well and unstop the well, and we thank you for everything you've done. And, God, we pray more and more and more. Lord, I bless the body of God tonight. I bless the people of Christian Center Church that they would be blessed as they've come in and they would be blessed as they go they would be blessed in their work and they would be blessed in their homes. Father, I pray tonight that your face would tor- turn towards them, shine upon them and you give them peace and rest. Let the peace of God go before us, around us and beside us at all times. The Lord, we know we're heading in the right direction and that's towards you tonight. So Father, I place a hedge of protection around each one of them. We pray for any sick among us tonight that you would bring healing to their bodies and including Brother Tommy. Tonight we ask that you heal him in Jesus' mighty name and all God's people said, amen, amen. Amen. I'll see you all Sunday, amen? Praise the Lord, love you. Go in the name of the Lord and be blessed.